When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. It is Monday, the 20th of Feb, and wow, what a weekend it was into our new norm, which is after Cyclone Gabriel. I hope you're all doing okay. Your morale's a little bit, well, happier than it was earlier last week. But hey, the new normal's here, and hopefully we can put some smiles on your faces after a big weekend of sport. There's plenty to talk about over the weekend in terms of our very own sports teams that are doing, applying their own trade and their chosen sport. A good morning to the team up there in Auckland. You've got Aroha, you got Joey Bell, you got Robbie, and you got one and only Tony Kemp, who is still up north in Kitty Kitty. How you doing, Kempy? Yeah, Morino, Morino, Izzy. Yeah, I'm doing well, brother. It's been a nice weekend up here in the sunny, far north. It's, uh, oh, gee, it was hot yesterday, mate. Not much wind. Nice waking up uh, to the sunrises here, mate. So it's a sight to behold. Um, but, yeah, also just the other part of it was actually getting the reality, the, sh- the shots of, of reality from all of the uh, socials and the, and the news coming through from our East Cape our East Coast um, whānau down there. Um, yeah, just, you know, you, you think about it, you you drive through that, like I said, when I went out to Murawai last week, you drive through it, it's like a war zone, you know, you come come up, you see the rain everywhere, and then you you see all the, the, um, the footage from down the East Cape, like 10 times worse than anywhere else. Um, so I really feel sorry. But the, the other part of that, like the way that people have just jumped on the back of that support network, and and getting things down there, you know, and 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 this other part about the looters, mate. Like seriously, oh, just yep. I don't, I do not get it. I do not get how people think that it's okay in times like this when when their fellow countrymen are sitting there that it's okay to go around and do looting. Like you know, get a life. Um, apart from people feeling like that they've lost everything to have to put up with that and use that energy. Um, setting up roadblocks and keeping people at bay, I just think is a is a, a an energy that should be put in put into something else. If you feel like doing something, pick up a shovel, go and help. Mm. You know, clear clear houses out. People need help. They don't need to be worrying about do, all that sort of stuff. So, apart from that sort of stuff that was coming in, I've, mate, it's been a good weekend up here. Just um, sitting on that lumber. I unfortunately couldn't get a photo for our socials, bro, because I'm the only one here. Um, but uh, I will I will grab one. Uh, I've had a bit of a had a bit of a laugh about that, but no, it's nice, mate. I'm looking forward to it. I had a really good sleep last night. Um, yeah, looking forward to the week. It's going to be a good week. Yeah, good week, Kempi. And you did right. Like, can't believe that, that people can see this opportunity. But no surprises, really. There are some, there are a few out there that just continue to do what they do and and go out there and ruin other people's, you know, hard work that they've been able to do. And you know, going in when these people have already been affected and. Just helping themselves. Can't believe it. And I dare you to try it at my family house because yeah, you'd be straight out that front door head first <laughs> if you did that anyway. So, look, you, you are dead right in, in sense like 
the thing about Kiwis, most of us Kiwis, we just rally behind each other, and that's been the case in the Hawks Bay and at my house. Had a, you know, it's been devastating at my whanau house in Pukitapu, and it's been uh, a horrible time, and and it's crazy times, you know. And I feel so helpless when I'm down here, and but then you hear the stories of people just rallying behind. Yesterday there was twenty odd people at at my house in Swamp Road, and you know it was two meters underwater through the whole middle of it. They had onions, they had um, you know apple trees through the middle of the house. Yeah, yeah, you know, water levels up. Yeah, it's everywhere. And then the caravans, you know, bent in half up against this pole. My dad's home that he was going to live in once um, my grandma, you know, passed on and, and, and things like that. So it's pretty devastating, but Kiwis rally behind. And they had 20 people there. They had a couple of diggers smashing it all out. And then they said, oh, this builder just turned up. I said, oh, what, what happened? Well, the builder just said, I just want to get out there with his kids. And he drove around and he just... Popped into the house. He said, I don't know if I'm bar of soap, but I want to help you. And he told them what to do. And so they've just been gutting the whole house, taking off all the jib, took the kitchen Healthy. out, and just getting getting the mahi started and getting it all mm. done. Because they had to get all the, um, all the destruction out onto the road so the army could come along and take it all away. Uh, but, yeah, those are, those are the stories that you're hearing. And, and uh, it's going to take a long time, $10 billion dollars. Worth of damage. Oh, mm. It's going to be crazy, crazy times. But if anyone can get through it, Kimpy, it is Kiwis and, and Kiwis rallying behind each other and just getting the job done. I was, I was lucky enough. Well, you know, on the weekend, it's quite hard, really, because you know, knowing what's going on, you've got to go celebrate love. And one of our very own Kirsty Stanway got married on the weekend, and uh, it was probably my proudest moment watching my good friend, one of my best friends, walk down that aisle. She looked absolutely beautiful. Stunning. She married her long-time partner in Garethorn, and now they're, they're married. So I had a beautiful weekend down in, in Queenstown, celebrating love and really enjoying it. But on the other side, keeping an eye on, on what was going on on the TV, on the sporting arena, Kempi. There was plenty happening, and it was so good. We're going to be talking breakers later on. So on that, who we got coming up on the show, Kempi? Yeah, Morty Nartildo, it's a big day today. After seven, we'll be catching up with Justin Nelson to talk grand final, baby. They're back, the yeah, Breakers, good. and uh, we'll get his uh, insight on how that's going to look. Uh, man, how good was that last night? of packed house down at Spark Arena. Then at 7.40, we'll talk to one of New Zealand's finest female jockeys, Sam Spratt, about her upcoming Jockeys Challenge in Saudi Arabia. Uh, only one or two females in that, I think it is. And after eight, Cole Mills joins us to talk cricket because we know all of our listeners want to talk cricket this morning, is he? Mm-hmm. And we've got plenty to talk about and find out what's needed post the All Black Cap, uh, All Blacks game against England. And to round it out this morning, we'll t- tack left and talk to our native kitty kitty man himself, Blair Tukey. I'm waiting for him. They're just sailing up the water up here. Come and pick me up, brother. Let's go and hit that break. Monday Madness with the crew and their usual catch-up with Paulie Moati and much more. Uh, big big start to the week. Looking forward to it. Yeah, 0800 150 811 is the Kenna phone line. We'll be talking plenty of sport. There's plenty going on. Double eight, double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine in regards to what went on over the weekend. And, yep, test cricket. Day four. So we collated last week, you know, the closest for the Kiwi, uh, the Black Caps' highest scorer. I don't know if there was many picking Tom Blundell mm. to, to get over 138 or if anyone. There might have been the odd one. And remember, the closest to the pin 
gets a $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way. Louis will be back tomorrow. He was the one that wrote the list down, so we'll come back and smash that out. And if you're a lucky one, you'll get a $50 TAB bonus bet. Yep, test cricket, Kempe. Day four, session one, done. So they went a little bit longer than most anticipated, but pretty convincing. 267 run loss against Baz Ball and... Like they say now, this ain't Bears ball, this ain't Stokes ball, this is just England cricket. This is just English test cricket right now. You change, you evolve, you adapt, or we're going to leave you in the dust. And that's what we're seeing at the moment with this English side, who are bolstering a side averaging mid-30s, mate. They're yeah. aging. you got Stuart Broad and, and Jimmy Anderson, who are in their late 30s, still running around like they're 20, and bowling the ball in perfect um in perfect areas, and putting this team under pressure. There is so much to debate, mate, at the moment. This black cap side, there was all chat about the seam bowlers. I thought they bowled relatively okay in trying conditions. Blair Tickner, probably my bowler of, of the of the game, of the match for the black caps. I thought he bowled extremely well. Probably stamped his case to maybe get a few more opportunities. But it's the batting, mate. You look at the top mm. four. Look at the top four. Other than Devin Conway, they they were they fell cheaply. There's a lot of pressure on Henry Nichols right now. Kane Williamson, he got a duck in the second innings. Tom Latham got an opportunity. Devin Conway, 77 in the first first innings. But other than that, top four, relatively poor in that test series. Mm. Yeah, Nichols Nichols will find it hard to hold his place. Look, when you're talking about age. I was talking to Robbie about this this morning. When you talk about age and you've got a 36-year-old and a 40-year-old running around Bord Anderson leading the way with that, the rest of the, the – they're not spring chickens. It's – they're out enthusiastic – you know, they're out um, – they're enthusiastic in everything they do and they're just out playing their black caps in all parts of the game and setting themselves up just to have some fun. Mm. But the question has to go back to, if you're looking at that with Broad and Anderson, then where does Guppy sit in the mix? Because that's what people are saying. He's too old. We've got to move on. You know what I mean? So is is there a place for us to bring back? So Baz has gone and done this with, with ageing cricketers. What's to say that we can't? Because we need some help. You know what I mean? Mm. And then we need to go cap in hand to, to Baldy. We need to, to change the policy and get him back in there. But what about Guppy? Because you're right at the top order. The first of the, in the first innings, three of, four, of the four opening batsmen went cheaply. Um, Conway held it together, and then <laughs> poor Timmy had twelve bucks. I think he got on the third day to to um, to end the end the test match. It went four, but it just oh, look, people think people are waking up, going, you know, where do we go? Where do we go from here? Well, Guppy, Guppy scored uh, a hundred over the weekend in the Pakistan series over in Pakistan, off about sixty odd balls. So he got back into the runs in the first. 100 over in Pakistan in that new competition. So, you know, he's got a bit of form there. He's got a bit of confidence. I could potentially see that happening. Look, at the at the moment, like, everyone's debating, you know, we don't have we don't have the cavalry that we used to. You know, we had Craig McMillan on last week talking about it. We went for a golden era of test cricket and, and, and the squad that we've been able to pick from. But I just, I, I, don't, I can't use that, I can't take that as an excuse. Like, mm. I, I feel like we've got, cricketers there, we've got the talent in this environment at the moment but there's just something a little bit deeper than that I feel that's that's wrong with this team mm. they're lacking confidence 
I know winning gives you confidence in, in, in an environment. Like you, you walk into an environment, and you, as soon as you walk in, you get and it oozes warmth, it oozes confidence, you know, success. And at the moment, I think that's lacking. I think there's just something going on that's just not quite there because these players are very talented. Tom Latham, mate, he's, he's scored hundreds. He knows how to play test cricket. Yes, day-nighter, the conditions, pink ball, there's a lot of variations there, but for me, those are excuses. Yeah. They've got the depth. They've got the talent. But there's something just not quite clicking. And that's the that's the hard thing to comprehend at the moment with this, this Black Caps team. Like, no one should ever come on our backyard and, and end a test match after four days, let alone Brendan McCullum and his English <laughs> side. <laughs> and, his, and his bunch of English golfers um, picking, up, <laughs> picking up some talented golfers. They trade the twice through. out of 10 days, Kempi. Twice out of 10 days. They're on the oh. golf course for most of it. That's what it means. The cricket is there. The talent is there. But the balance isn't quite there. And there's just something not quite mixing at the moment. And I think we're all heading, on the, we're all heading down the right page here. And we're, we're something that we're alluding to. And I know many of you back home will be thinking the same. So let us know what you're thinking, double eight, double three, on the temper bedpost text machine. And Kempi, just on that, it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Is it simply a lack of skill for our black caps? Or is there a deeper lying issue? Double eight, double three, on the temper bedpost text machine. Or 0800-150-811 on the Kennard's Hire phone line. I think you know what I'm alluding to here. Let us know. We'd love to hear your thoughts because no doubt you're hoping you're going to have a Monday watching day five at going down to the crunch. But the test is over. First test is over. They head into the Basin Reserve and they've only got four days to sort it out. Is that enough time? Let us know. Double eight, double three. Or even better, give us a call on the Kennard's Hire phone line, 0800-150-811. You hold that thought, Kempi. I'll hold my thought. Robbie, you're a cricket tragic. We'll get your thoughts as well. But give us a call or give us a text. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Welcome back. It's 23 past six on a Monday morning, 20th of Feb. We're talking test cricket. We're talking black caps. Is it simply a lack of skill for our black caps, or is it there? Is there a deeper lying issue? And we've asked you on the temper bedpost text machine to send your answers through, your opinions, and we've also opened up the phone lines. And it's great to have this man back on the show after a pretty big week in the Tairafati area. Joey from Gizzy, my man, I've been thinking about your week. How you doing? Yeah, how's it, boys? Um, just got our internet access back uh, late last night. Um, after a week and uh, patchy service on the old phone, mate. But um, real tough week here, eh, boys? Just uh, oh, hey. you think the black caps are, are bad, mate? That's about as sloppy as the cyclone blew through here, boys. I tell you. Oh, you are you all good? How's the house holding up, brother? No, no, no. We're good where we are, bro. We're we're, we're good, but we're just um, lots of whānau, eh? a little a little village we grew up in, Tikaraka, about thirty k from town. Yeah. Is just uh, she's a write off. So, um, doing plenty of food deliveries all around the Mutu every day, doing about 150 food boxes out to the the back blocks. And, uh, yeah, just digging out silt, boys, you know, just a couple of whānau with their house. So we went and dug out silt for a couple of days and 
that doesn't taste good or smell good, boys. I tell you. No, I know, I know. it's uh, pretty contaminated. All that silt. They're doing it back in the Hawks Bay too, brother. But there's plenty going on, and hopefully we're going to get some positive vibes from the weekend. But it wasn't meant to be. The Black Caps, mate. What's your takeaway? I just think we've just gone through a few generational players, boys, and now we're missing mm. them. You know, we're we're, we're missing yeah. those guys who are falling away. You know, the Ross Taylors. Uh, you know, our man Bolt, who's who's gone away to play and, and earned some earned some cash, and and that's what we've done. You know, we we, we had that previously when the last great generation of Smithy and Hadley and Chart, you know, Keans and those guys were there, and we, then we go through individual players like Flem, uh, you know, mm-hmm. guys who come along and they, they stand out in a side, but I just don't think we have the unit. And to be honest, you know, we've just got to rebuild, and. Uh, yeah. England, England, England have a dearth of players. I mean, they have a big county backup depth system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they can pull from a lot of players. We, we, we have five teams running around, boys, you know, let's be honest. Mm. So I, I just think it's a different attitude. Um, yeah, they got lucky a few times there with, with the way they play. But they, they, they have just committed to the baseball concept, mm. and they are 100%. And I don't know what we're committed to at the moment. Um, and I think that's a question, Joey. Like the commitment. Like I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sensing a little lack of apprehension there from from them. So if we are going to rebuild, can we rebuild this around Gary Steed? Well, England couldn't rebuild it around their people, so they got a new guy, and look what happened. We, we yeah. need to either commit to Steed and, and commit long term and see what our future is, and like. With my Warriors, we need a strategy going forward and to see, hey, we're going to bring these group of players through and try and grow them into test players. We can't just keep picking guys, giving them one or two shots, and they fail miserably. Yeah, And then we just say, right, let's turf them out, let's get some new ones. We need to stick yeah. with these guys and give them two, three, four years, unfortunately, because that's how the test circuit works. It's not like you know, a, a game in the Warriors where it's 25 games in a season and you can have 10 and then maybe not, you're back on the bench. Yeah, so, and it sticks out, you know, we got whooped. We got absolutely whooped. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, so. and I, I, it's hard, it's hard because we always go and, you know, demand the coach's head, get rid of the coach, get rid of the coach, but the players have to take a bit of accountability too here as well with, with the performance they put out. Um, but I'm just, yeah, just lacking a little bit little lack, less confidence from our black caps at the moment and and yeah it's it's just it's a tough times but we're just going to carry on there joe from gizzy we appreciate it. we'd love to talk to you about the warriors but uh we're going to save that for tomorrow brother because i no doubt you'll be giving us a call after yesterday's performance all right boys you have a good day good to be back good to hear you boys again too awesome Joey from Gizzy, he's absolute champion. We appreciate his call every morning. 0800 8-11. Doing it tough in the Tairawhiti area. Just talking about it. Mate, we just went for a golden time. That's what Craig McMillan said as well, Kempi. For you, is there underlying, is there a deeper-lying issue in regards to this Black Caps team? Yeah, well, look, I, personally, I just look at the two teams and, and look at the comparisons, and when you, you get analytical on it, there's... You know, an ageing English side that Baz has bought um, just something to it that's given them a new lease of life and, and he's basically taken, he's let the sun shine in, you know what I mean? Like, they were in a really dark place before Baz took over. 
and he's gone and lifted the lid off the bin and, and let the sun in, and they've just blossomed into, I think it was, what is it, 9 out of 10 test matches they've won. So, 10 out um, of 10 out of 11 now. 10 out of 11 now. So um, it's a, yeah, when you're looking at comparisons, the the cup half full is to say, well, it seems like the anxiety, it seems like the anxiety that the players feel has been driven from the top, from the policy makers in and around Trent Bolt's decision and from the selectors in and around Guppy's decision. Because if you're looking at age and, and contracts, well, England don't even talk about that. They just talk cricket, and we're going. Well, have you? You know, we know that our our bowling attack needs Trent Bolt back there. We're talking policy. You know what I mean? We're talking at the at the top end. We're talking top order batsman. Well, Guppy comes out and smacks a hundred. Like you can't. You see the the my, my point being, you can't say he's too old. Because no. the English, should, the, oh, English no, I, should, the English are just changing your mindset on that. And Chris Silverwood had had the same players at his disposal. And look what Baz done in, in such a short time. He's come in, he's delivered the right messages. And Chris has come through regarding Gary Stead's comments on our show last week. If you've missed that interview with Gary Stead before that first test match, uh, go to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on the SCNZ app and you can listen to that podcast. But he came on the show and he said, when you've got the coach telling you, Izzy, that they know they're not the best players in the world, is it any surprise they got absolutely flogged from Chris? So the coaches, that, that's what I'm kind of alluding to. Like, I hate to put the coach out to hang, hang him out to dry, but at the moment, I just, I don't see any confidence in this side. And I see a lack of innovation, intent, and they're, just, they're a little bit worried because of the messaging that's probably been thrown around in that environment. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I just, yeah, you, you look at the next crop coming through in, in the coaching group, do you go for a an out-and-out cricketing coach or do you go for a past player that has been there and, and done it and been in that environment and, and knows what it takes to win but also understands what it's like to be a player and the player's needs? They've got that really coach-player kind of feel to the way that they go about coaching. So keep those messages coming through, double eight, double three. We are talking the test match because it's already over. We're hoping for a day five, but no, that ended yesterday. So the English side, they'll be playing golf today. They'll be out there on the golf course. What golf course? Probably Tiki in Hamilton or somewhere. And uh, they'll be playing plenty of golf for the Black Cats. Well, they're going to have to go find some answers and find them really, really quick right now. 0800 on the Kennard's High Phone Line. Give us a call. We are talking the Black Cats. Is it time to move in a different direction? We would love to hear from you. Coming up, we got Joey's Headlines. And we've got plenty to go on, go on in this show. Quizzy Dag as well. Time for you to get a $50 TAB bonus bet in about 10 minutes' time. So stay tuned for that. But here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. Seven to seven here on SCNZ. You listen to Izzy and Kemby for breakfast. Plenty to get through here this morning, boys. Well, it's not all rosy for our black caps, but our white ferns are fighting back in the World Cup, trying to secure that second place left in Group One for the semi-finals in the T20 World Cup. They're currently fifty-eight for one after eight overs. They'll need a massive run rate uh, to sorry. They'll, they'll need to win uh, by a massive. Mount, <laughs> sorry, boys. I'm still Monday morning brain uh, to to qualify, but they still have a chance. Uh, in other news, boys, 
Lydia Ko has um, recovered from a one-shot deficit to win the Aramco Saudi Ladies International for the second time. It's pretty impressive. And Tottenham are currently drawn with West Ham at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, if they win today, they'll be in fourth place after Newcastle fell to Liverpool yesterday 2-0. That's your Bunny Trade headline. Trades and builders, power your business with Bunny Trade Power Plus. You guys, boys. Beautiful. Thank you, Joey. And just on that, Joey, you were at the Breakers game yesterday. How was that, mate? Hell of a, hell of an environment. What a... Incredible. It was the loudest scene. thing I've ever been to. Like, I, honestly, I was sitting next to my parents and I could not hear them the entire time. I've never been to a more <laughs> a, intense atmosphere in New Zealand in my life. Uh, it wasn't... The, the fans, the Breakers fans are amazing. The atmosphere is so cool. It's it's really similar to, like, the Women's Rugby World Cup, actually. A lot of families, like, you know, the, no one's shouting abuse. Awesome. It's all positivity, but everyone's super into it and committed, you know? I think it's... Uh, they've done a really good job there and, and creating a great environment for the Breakers. Yeah, they've been starved of it. They are the most passionate fans, the Breaker fans, but they've been starved of it. First time back into the big time for seven years, so you can see why they're up and about very right behind our Breakers boys, led by Barry Brown, who shot 32. How good. Scored 32 points over the week. Uh, yesterday's outing is the Jack Jumper. So well done to our Breakers, and after seven, we're going to be talking to Justin Nielsen about that Breakers performance. Here's a question here coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Kempe for yourself. Next year, when the first and second choice All Blacks first fives go down injured, are you happy that they bring back Bowden or Richie? Same scenario as Trent Bolt. 100%. Kempe, that's from Richie. 100%. 100%. 100%. Bring him back. Um, I think Bowden... See, if Bowden and Richie had been out for two to three years, probably not. But on the back of, you yep. know, they leave the All Black scene and they call back in on the test series. When, what, we're going two, three tests and we need them back. Of course you bring them back. They, they, they don't yeah, lose it overnight. Um, so I'm a little bit... Uh, it's a little bit like, Kempi, because we touched on this a while back, hey, and I was like, I was a little bit on the fence, you know, and the reason is because I've had personal experience, you know, to have an opportunity to go overseas and, and make some cash or stay here because I love that black jersey so, so much. But with the way that the teams are shaping at the moment and the depth, the lack of probably depth in terms of certain positions, you know, there's got to be these conversations that have to be had whether they can allow these players to sign offshore and come back. So that's the reason I'm sitting on the fence because I just know how much that mana and that jersey it holds and how much of a treasure it is here and how much it encourages us. That's probably the only reason why our teams here have been able to hold the strength that they've been able to because that's always been the way that it goes. You stay in New Zealand, you have an opportunity to play for the All Blacks. You go overseas, you lose that opportunity. And I think that's one of the underlying reasons why the depth has been here in, in Z. But now the depth is lacking. Do they change the guard? I'm just a little bit unsure. Just a little bit unsure on, on what they do there, Kempi. Yeah, see, I went overseas as an 18-year-old, so mm. my opportunity was overseas. And if I was going to make it, I had to go and make it overseas. So we didn't have the... We, didn't have the, we had competitions here, but we didn't have the professional competitions. I just think there's a lack of understanding in and around... Um, the meaning of what it means to an athlete to actually go away and play as a professional and come back here and represent as a professional because you can do both. But what the All Blacks, for me, the All Blacks and the cricket do the same, they have the same policy is they're trying to hold on to a weakening brand here in this country mm. when 
you know, you've got the IPL throwing millions of dollars around. You've got Northern Hemisphere rugby, uh, rugby union and, and, and Asian rugby union teams throwing copious money, um, bits of money around. We saw Rico Oani on the weekend announced that he's heading north after the, um, the World Cup. Players in the end will basically scream out and say, well, I'm a professional. If I have to go overseas, it doesn't mean I can't come back and, and be a professional in an all-black team. And it happens all the time. So for me, it's not um, something that's new. It's like you're just holding yourselves up. Like, get on with it. Like, if Israel Dag wants to go and play up in the Northern Hemisphere, so be it. You know what I mean? Let him go. And if he's the best fullback at the time and he's playing up there, then bring him home. Does that devalue the jersey, or has the, the jersey already been devalued with, with losing the lack devalues of the jersey? Losing devalues anything. People don't like losers; they like winners. So the more yeah. they lose, the more the All Blacks drop down the rankings. The more the Black Caps lose, the the less value is put on. Like sponsors, sponsors will be harder harder to get. You know, fans will start walking away. Players will start exiting. Like they'll just the exodus for players when you're losing is like, well, we're sixth or seventh in the world anyway. I'm going up there to get money. Mm. You know, it's just a, so it's not an old way. It's the, what, what you're putting up with at the moment with rugby and cricket isn't old news. <laughs> this has happened for years in our sport. It's the changing landscape of sport. Hundred it percent, it's changed. It's, it's just the way that, that the sport and the, and the world is going at the moment. The money that's on offer. I want to hear from you at home. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Would the changing of of the guard in terms of of the way that NZR or, or New Zealand cricket attack these contracts, allowing players to hit offshore and, and play and come back and play for the for the All Blacks? Would you be happy with that? Would that be something that you'd love to see, or would you love to stay in the real New Zealand? Sporting tradition of if you play in our own backyard, you can represent our nation. Oh, at under one five zero eight eleven or at double eight double three on the Kennards uh, Temper Bed Post text machine. Love to hear from you. There's plenty to debate in regards. There's a couple of messages there. We'll get to those shortly. But it's time for Quizzy Dag. Come on, come over and take on the Quizmaster. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Quizmaster. I've got a fifty dollar TAB bonus bet up for grabs, and it is back. I didn't have a bet over the weekend, so I've got a little bit left in me kitty, ready to get going. And love racing, Kimpy. Obviously, just missed out. Follow your heart. Don't take ribbons. I stayed off ribbons, so it ain't me. It ain't me stopping ribbons. There, there he goes. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. Take on the quizmaster and Kimpy, the oracle. He'll give you a hand if you need. Back soon. This is how you do it, quizzy. That come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzes on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call. The calls are running hot at the moment. Everyone's hungry for the $50 TAB bonus bet. That's right, it is back. 
And it's time to give Brenton from Auckland a chance. How you doing, Brenton? Good, my man. Yourself? Oh, very good, mate. Very, very good on a Monday morning. Back into it, ready to yeah, rip in. Hopefully you can get us off to a good start, eh? Good luck. Yeah, Opening I'm... the bat. Brenton. Here we go, brother. Good luck. Who top scored for the Breakers in last night's one of the Jack Jumpers? That'd be Brown Junior. Barry Brown Junior with thirty-two. How was it, mate? Looked outstanding. The, uh, that was my first first time going, mate. It was like, it was awesome. Took my young fella. Yeah. He, he loved awesome. It. Good stuff, yeah. mate. Look like a great, great guy. I went a few years ago, and they are very, very passionate, those Breakers fans. So good. Here we go, brother. Question number two. In the Premier League yesterday, Manchester City dropped points with a draw against Nottingham Forest. Who scored the equaliser for Nottingham Forest in the 84th minute? Oh, I don't know my football too much. Um, can I have a clue, Kim? Knock, knock, knock on. Nah, I don't know my football. You got to knock, knock, knock on. That's a good day. That's a good day. All good there, Brenton. Have a good day, mate. Daniel from Waikato. How you doing, Daniel? How are we? Very good. Awesome. Awesome. You got to... You could, yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Appreciate your call. As soon as I saw your name, I said Chuck Genuit too. He'll get us going. So good luck, mate. Yeah, With Kempe's clue, yeah, you just got to think a little bit deeper. A little bit deeper. Here we go. In the Premier League yesterday, Manchester City dropped points with a draw against Nottingham Forest. Who scored the equaliser for Nottingham Forest in the 84th minute? Now, to be honest, i got no idea about football, eh? Racing or basketball. All day, but nah, bro. football's not my jam, brother. What about when you think music? of football? When what you think music? of football, hey? what is the first? When you think of New Zealand football, what is the first name that springs to mind? Uh, yeah, wood, wood There you yeah, go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Wood. There you go. I just walked you straight into that. Daniel, I'm feeling good today. Here we go. Question number three. Beauty. We ran a sweepstake last week for the Black Caps' top run scorer across both innings. But who was the team's lowest run scorer? Oh. Uh, which, was my, which was my pick. Oh. Uh, uh, Williamson? Kate yeah, Williamson yeah. is correct. <laughs> am I? I'm being too nice, am I, Kimpy? You keep going, uh -huh. brother. You're doing real well. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Question number four. Our Warriors went down 24-6 yesterday against the Melbourne Storm. Who scored the only try for the Warriors? Oh, damn. Um, Runaway. Clue, 60 Runaway. metres. Oh. I've given you about 300 clues, Daniel. Straight off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm a bit busy. Go I haven't got around to any highlights, but... Uh, <laughs> Three, um, two... Nah, bro, I have to give it up, eh? One. Oh, no sorry, Daniel. All good, bro. Appreciate the call. Have a good day, mate. Cheers, boys. There he is. Tim from Christchurch. Morena, Tim. How are you? Is he? Good, thank you. You would have went to the game yesterday? Mate, I, uh, I had tickets and then it kind of all fell through at the last minute, so I didn't get to go, but 
I did watch Dylan, what's his, how do you say it? Zelezniak. What tune is Yeah. Yeah, that was him. Straight off the scrum. Hell of a line. Anyway, yeah. there, there is Dallin Watani Zalesniak. Question number five to win the $50 TAB bonus bet. Lydia Coe recently secured her second Amco Saudi Ladies International title. Just one shot behind. The second place getter was from which country? Uh, Belgium. Belgium is incorrect. Sorry, Timmy. Have a good day, brother. Gonna go to Ed from Tolaga Bay. How you doing, Ed? Hey, bro. Is it from? Is she from India? She is from India. <laughs> Ed, Tolaga, fifty dollars TAB oh, bonus bet coming bro. your way, Don't brother. Stop. Bro, our rugby's gonna be broken this year, bro. <laughs> Unless they can fix our race. because you gotta catch yeah, them and get a race up to the next 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 place. It's all broken everywhere. I don't know how the race is gonna get on. I know, mate. There's plenty to oh. go through over the next couple of months. It's going to take months, yeah, if not years, to get this sorted out. It's pretty devastating what we're seeing there along the coast. But, Ed, you're our winner, oh. mate, so congratulations. Oh, yeah, Thank you, brother. Awesome. There he is. Ed from Tolaga taking it out. There's a couple of messages there. We'll get to those after 7 o'clock because coming up, we've got Love Racing. Yeah, 657, and you can call any time on the Kenan's High phone line, 0800 150 the Grand Tour Racing Festival. It's coming to you. Well, Izzy, no chocolates or ribbons, and only a money-back second from See You in Heaven on the weekend, but that's good enough. But the big talking point this weekend was the win of Aquacay, daughter of Dundee, in the Avondale Cup. If you haven't watched that race, go back and have a look at it on your Love Racing app. It is Absolutely sensational. Cemented as a $2.20 favourite after the run in the Auckland Cup. Aquacay cruised to the line on the back, looking back at all the others who just were chewing on it, trying to catch her. And looks like she will be hard to topple. Um, Race by Brendan and Joe Lindsay and trained by Lance Noble. The trio announced immediately after the race, which is so good, that they would donate the 80k first running prize pool to the uh, Hawke's Bay Cyclone Gabriel Relief Fund. How good is that? Well done, guys. Uh, racing back at Pukekohe this Thursday, uh, this Wednesday, actually, where we'll try and find us a winner. Plenty else to come on later on in the week. But, uh, yep, we didn't get the, the chocolates on the weekend. Uh, that's how it goes. Can't uh, Kevin here saying he can't believe the ride from Nabba, who did get a couple, but unfortunately couldn't get it on ribbons. And I thought CU in heaven was going to win that race. But uh, one to follow. Eat, drink, and get racy. Round up your crew and book now at thegrandtour.nz. Beautiful, Kempe. Thank you for that wee update, my friend. I'm just having a wee look because I've got a feeling that Pungal races in a couple of days. Ooh. I think it's the 22nd. 22nd he races his first race back since uh, getting gelded over the break. He's been training right. He came six in his trial, ridden by J-Mac. But, um, yeah, get our first look at a new look Pungal. So hopefully he goes well. And, well, you're flying at the moment with your love racing. Everyone's waiting in Kevy has come through and he agrees in regards to uh, the re, uh, the race that raced on the weekend pick. Heaven went really well. I thought Craig Williams was going to get him there at the 200. Great run. I'm a big fan of Nabba, but you couldn't work out the ride. The ride on ribbons. Like if he kept following grills, hey, different ending. Ribbons, I'm going to follow him. Kevin from Titarangi. Appreciate it. Coming up, all things breakers of Justin Nielsen.
Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota, building and shaping New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, Monday morning, just after 7 o'clock. Uh, just quickly, we touched on it earlier about, uh, in regards to my house and the, and the beautiful Hawks Bay, it's been devastated, and uh, my sister's just messaged me through, and there's been so many volunteers and people that have kindly donated, and that's what I love about Kiwis, we rally behind each other and we just get stuck in. Nathan Hutley for helping organise the RSC boys. Uh, they worked both Saturday and Sunday. They got the water pump and shed cleaned. It was absolute team effort. Tiffany Hutley for setting up food and drink stations. You got Tony, Tony and Mia from Gilly's Building, who just randomly turned up. There you go, the builder that just turned up and got stuck in. Caitlin and Shelley Hagen, who donated a thousand litres of water and petrol. Water blaster. Howie and Brent Karangaroa, a, f- a famous name there in the Hawks Bay. They were in the on the diggers. On Saturday, Sunday, just clearing silt out of the house. you got the Napier Pirates Rugby Club. That's my club from the beautiful Hawks Bay getting stuck in. And the netball girls and the rugby boys just getting the job done. And plenty of volunteers that really gave their time to help our family get through this devastating time in the Bay. So I appreciate you all and thank you so much for your help to Alfano. From my family to you, thank you so, so much. It's now time to talk Breakers Nation. Because it was a beautiful performance last night from our beautiful breakers as they punched their ticket to the final. Wow, what a year. A difference a year makes from floundering at the bottom of the table to competing for a championship. The breakers are once again playing in the grand final after dusting off the jack jumpers last night at Spark Arena. The Sydney Kings await and to help us preview what should be an epic series is the king of hoops, Justin Nelson. Morning Justin, how you doing? Oh, very good morning. I'm well. I'm uh, feeling charged up and ready to go. The Breakers won last night and the Spurs are up 2-0, so I'm pretty happy this morning. There you go. You are happy and I'm, I'm no surprise you're feeling pumped because that stadium, that, that arena yeah. was rocking last night. How good is that crowd? Yeah, it was. You know, they bring the noise, they bring the passion. We're seeing it, you know, throughout basketball across New Zealand at the moment. The fans and the kids and the families are getting along. And, uh, gee, they put on a great show. It's a fantastic atmosphere. And didn't the players respond? Really complete performance outside of a slow start. Once they mowed it up and got going, put the uh, put the pedal down. It was a lot of fun to watch. Could you imagine, ever imagine a year ago that the Breakers were playing in March for a title? It's hard, isn't it? You know, the last two years have uh, have been so tough on that uh, on that franchise. Uh, but all of a sudden, you know, changing coach, changing direction, some really solid recruiting. I mean, they turned over a number of players, and didn't they get it right with their three imports as well? Just fantastic trio of players, and it just shows you how quickly you can turn things around when you've got the, you know, the right belief, uh, the right relationship coach to players and certainly once that home crowd can get back in and get behind you all of a sudden things are on the up and uh well they're very very close now hey justin yep they're in the the gf and one of the worrying uh things for me is the refereeing were you concerned last night when a lot of the refereeing decisions were going against them and does that play a part in the in the gf do you think well, you'd like to think not. You'd like to think that, you know, just like the two best teams that make it through 
you know, to the big dance. The three best officials from the season will make it through to the big dance as well. Look, it's a pressure cooker situation. I've said this for a number of years now. The game is faster. It's more athletic. There's more contact than ever before. When it comes to fouls, it's always an interpretation. Uh, I'd like to see uh, one significant change made to the game. I'd like to see individual fouls go to six. I think it takes the pressure off a little bit. It gives a little bit more leeway, and it certainly takes away some of the angst that's built up. And plus, the fans want to see the stars. They want to see the best players out on the floor at the business end of a game, not sitting on the bench with five fouls. So it's a change that I'd make. don't know that there's too many people with me. Uh, but look, you just want every, everything to be even, clear, precise. Hopefully we get that. Yeah, I thought when Gerald Brantley got fouled out, I thought, oh, this might go a long way to costing the breakers. But no, Barry Brown Jr. put them on his back, and you saw the yeah. jack jumpers actually change to, to double-team him and, and put him under a lot of pressure. Do you, do you feel like Sydney Kings, will, will obviously seeing what Barry Brown was able to do, will go along with the same tactics? Well, he's been one of the best players of the season, 32 points in that game. The breakers had 53, 54 pen, uh, points off the bench, they had three players come off the pine in double digits. So it's a really deep breakers team. Barry Brown Jr. is uh, is leading that charge off the bench. I don't think he's the only player the Kings have to worry about, but he's certainly a significant piece. Beautiful. And just on another piece, like we've we've had uh, Tom Abercrombie on on our show quite a few times. He's obviously been there since '08. He's been on, in the environment for a very very long time. How influential do you think Tom Abercrombie has been in rebuilding this side? To, and what do you think of his legacy in the team as well? Well, his legacy is unquestioned. I mean, he's been a champion of this team for many, many years. He's He's been there and seen it all at its best and uh, arguably at its worst as well. So a true leader. I think he brings such a defensive edge to this team as well. I know a lot of people still look to Tom to score the points, what he's doing out there is he's usually taking the hardest matchup in a game. He's working so hard defensively. We've seen him in some big wins get critical steals at the most important time of the game to get his team across the line. I think his leadership is going to count for a lot in this contest against the Kings. And it's going to be a tough matchup. Mm. Best of five. It starts on March 3 in Sydney. Then it goes March 5 in New Zealand, March 10 in Sydney, March 12 New Zealand. And then if it is through to a game five, that'll take place on Wednesday, March 15, back in Sydney. So the game, you know, finished last night. It was the 19th of Feb, and then I saw, oh, does it start for a couple of weeks? There's an international window thrown in the middle. What, yeah. do, you th- what do you think of the timing for this international window? Pretty, pretty disruptive? Well, it's odd. Yeah, it's, it's definitely odd. I think it's disruptive. Um, you know, certainly the league knew about it and, and put their schedule this way so it's in and around the international what we should probably see now i think what we are likely to see is those players from both sydney and new zealand that were in the squads for internationals respectively for australia and new zealand i think those players will come out of that now i can't see that there's any chance of them playing in those international games so they'll get the chance to freshen up like their teammates it's a 12-day break it's not ideal one significant piece out of yesterday's two uh, games One in Sydney, of course. Sydney got over Cairns. Uh, let's not forget that. And then, of course, the Breakers got up over the Jack Jumpers. One significant piece that I think could really play into New Zealand's hands here, 
the crowds yesterday, fantastic crowd uh, mm. for the Breakers. Really disappointing crowd for the Sydney Kings. They didn't turn out uh, probably half the number that we would usually see at Kudos uh, Bank Arena. For some reason, don't know what it is, but maybe the crowd becomes an X factor through this grand final series. And for me, that sits with the Breakers. 100%. Hey, we, we touched on it, Justin, at the beginning about uh, coming back through this COVID period and performing this year again in the grand final. Modi Moore and the, and the work that he's done, what, what else has he got around it, his team that he's built to, to take this team to the top? Well, I don't think there's been enough talk across the Australian NBL on the job that Modi has done. It seems like a few people are late to the party. He's obviously been at the uh, at the franchise for a few years now as an assistant coach. He has an incredibly tight relationship with the players. They respect him, they play for him, and they absolutely turn it up when Modi asks them to deliver more. He's got some good young assistant coaches. They do the backroom work. They cut the tape. Uh, they have been spot on through the whole season. And even when there's been a down period, that coaching staff has been able to turn things around very, very quickly. Modi Mayo may not be or may not have been awarded Coach of the Year, but I know for Breakers fans and Breakers players, he is certainly Coach of the Year. Oh, he is in our eyes, 100%. He's done an amazing job. When you look only a couple of years ago, what they went through, they've come back and punched their ticket to the grand final. So you've talked about the crowd being a real influence, maybe favouring towards the Breakers. But if they had to go to Game 3 in Sydney, who does it favour more? Well, definitely Sydney on their home floor are tough, but let's not forget, you know, that one time when the Breakers lacked a little bit of momentum this season, they were on a four-game losing streak. They went to Sydney, I think it was a Sunday afternoon. Uh, They were missing Barry Brown Jr. through injury and also Izzy Arthur, two key players missing, and they got up and they won that game. So one thing we know about the Breakers, I think they're 11-4 on the road this season. They are not afraid to travel. They're not afraid of a hostile environment. They uh, switch off against the crowd that's against them and they get down to business. This is a team that has proven throughout the whole season they can win on the road against anyone, including the Kings. So who's favourites? Who's favourites in your eyes? And you look up at the makeup of the squads, you've got two pretty evenly matched squads, but who's going into this favour? I think Sydney start favourites. Uh, because you know they finished on top of the table for the regular season. They've got three of these five games at home if needed, so they definitely go in starting favourites. But based on what I saw yesterday, the two teams, the form that they're in, uh, the Breakers look injury-free. They look a complete team. They look deep, and they look like players can step in and do a job. Rob Lowe, how good was Rob Lowe last night? Came in... Five offensive rebounds, just terrific basketball. He was one of those key players off the bench. I think for me, the Breakers have a massive opportunity here. Kings to start favourites because the numbers stack up their way based on the regular season. But I think the Breakers have absolutely come good at the right end, at the business end. And I think they're going to get it. Yes! There you go, Justin Nielsen tipping the breakers to get back to the promised land where they've been so accustomed to. We appreciate your time, Justin. Thank you so much. Go out, Breakers Nation, right behind them, and honestly, you won't get a better crowd. All our fans around the country that go to rugby games, please get some inspiration from the Breakers fans. It's so good to see. Thank you so much, Justin. Cheers, boys. There it is. Justin Nielsen on the breakers. 
He wasn't sitting on the fence, mate, and I love that. I love that. What he saw last night, he's tipping the breakers to go over. Barry Brown, but they've got firepower around the whole court. you got Abercrombie, you got Rob Lowe, you got Gerald Brantley coming on and getting the job done. What about that conversation regarding the six fouls? Maybe yeah. pushing out once. He's got a fair point. You want your 100%. best players there. Don't reach, young blood. Don't reach. Hey, <laughs> want them to be on there. <laughs> be on there in the end, but so good. Yeah, coaches want to coaches want to um, target players too, don't they? To foul, foul them out of the game and get them, mm. get rid of them. It's not. It's actually. I love innovation and the way that people think. I think that's a really good um, opportunity there to extend the rules. Hey, Izzy, I know you. I know you live down in Christchurch, but have you ever been to a Breakers game up here in Tamaki? Yeah, I've been to um, one on North Shore when they're yeah, North Shore Events Arena. Uh, it's so. crazy. It is, honestly, I could hear what Joe was saying with the crowd there last night. Um, and he had a fair point, Justin, there, making, making it around the crowd. They are, the, they are the, the extra player. Like They come to New Zealand, that crowd, they are so noisy. They are so noisy. And I, I think I've told that story before. They put all their best fans behind the, the away team's um, bench and just get stuck under the mate. It's, honestly, I was sitting right there. That's where they put me. I think he put me there for a joke. Um, and I was there going, some of the stuff that was being said, the banter, unbelievable. They got right under the coach's skin. So what you can about, see that coming up in the grand final. What about this this competition, Kempe? Like, it's actually a genuine pathway for the NBA now. Like, you got yeah, Rayan Rupert. He's the guard from France. He's, he's claiming his time... Um, Claims for a really solid draft position pick when he gets an opportunity later on in the year. You had Lamelo Ball who played over in in Australia last year. He's probably a superstar at the moment now for the Charlotte Hornets. Like honestly, the genuine pathway now for the NBL. People are taking mm. notice. You, know, you got Sean Marion who owns the Breakers, and uh, you know it's it's awesome. It's awesome that now it it's is. a genuine pathway for our young kids coming through. It is, and and I saw that. Um that article written about the, the NBA looking further down here to, to try and get uh, their players in the competition down here. If, that, if they become like known as a absolute pathway through that NBA system, that, that college system, to, through, a, through the draft system, you watch this competition take off, honestly. And, then, and, and, and saying that, they'll come down here and they'll start working with our kids in the schools and stuff like that. It'll be Honestly, yep. be, that's massive what's happening in basketball. I wish, I hope Stephen Adams and New Zealand basketball can, can you know, heal. We can get a lot of Stephen Adams down under. Maybe him coming home and, and growing the game. He always does. He creates cl- um, camps. He comes back. He's always giving back to young people, but there's always that friction of the New Zealand basketball and Stephen Adams. Hopefully it can be repaired. But there we go. Justin Nelson talking breakers. They have punched their ticket. We've got a 12-day little layover. While the international window takes place, but the Breakers heading over to Sydney to take on the Sydney Kings on March the 2nd. That was Justin Nielsen talking all things Breakers. Coming up, we got off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Where's Kempy going today? You're listening to Izzy and Kempy for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Is this the worst Black Caps team of the last decade, or are England just too damn good and so have won 10 of the last 11 test matches? Well, 
Our hearts held an optimistic view that the Black Caps would deal with Baz's England. Our heads knew last week that the Barmy Army was going to tear through the Black Cap batting order, and didn't they just do that? Individual performances aside, and there were a couple of good ones, this team is lacking cohesion and confidence. Our bowling attack was non-existent as for our batting. Well, get back in the nets, boys, because the next one is going to be just as hard. So where to from here? Screening must come from me on the selectors and the policy personnel. We need to select players who can do the, the job and who are performing at that top level. And I believe we need to go back with cap in hand and give Trent Bolt what he wants. While Baz and his men are off sampling New Zealand's finest golf courses, is he? Our boys are wondering, what do they do next? Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Oh, it's an interesting one. Kempe, like, I can't get my head around that. Kane Williamson only scored six runs. You know, just Kane Williamson, one of our greatest ever, just struggled with the bat and, and wasn't able to gain any ascendancy out there. And, and then once you lose him and even potentially Conway, you just think, oh, it's going to be a dark old day there for our Black Cats. But Tom Blundell, to my surprise, only put on a hell of a performance in their first innings, 138 runs. So, mate, he... Went a long way because you think BJ Watling was our probably one of our finest wicket keeper batsmen that, that we've had in that test team. Tom Blundell, he's our wicket keeper, he's going out there. You need a, a wicket keeper that can go out there and, and can bat and, and, and bat really well as well. So he was a solid performer, but yeah, it's, it's interesting times. I don't think it's just get back in the nets, can't be like for me. I think it's just just go and find some sort of hunger, some sort of desire. I think it's there's a mental block at the moment for them at the moment. Yes, we are lacking the depth that we once had. You know, you can rattle off names and, you know, you've got Stephen Fleming, you've got Craig McMillan, you've got Nathan Astle, you've got Matt Sinclair. You've, you know, the list goes on of just genuine superstars of the game. But we've still got quality players in there that can go out there and they know how to bat and they know how to perform. But it's, it's the way that they're going out. I just, the lack of intent, the lack of confidence and... That's what I'm seeing from this team. They're just yeah. lacking something. And I, I think it's more than just going to the nets. I think it's going to a dark place, going in that room or taking the coaches out of it and just sitting down around a, in an environment. Like, you you, you got to lay it all out there. Like, there'll be players in the environment that'll be thinking this, thinking that, thinking this. And nothing's going to get sorted if you don't come together as a unit and you just put everyone out of the room, you sit down in this room and you let it all out and say, this is yeah. what we got. This is what we got at our disposal. We are the ones that can only get through this. No one else is going to come in and save us, and no magical formula is going to give us the the, the opportunity to get the job done. We've got to get through this together, and we are Kiwis, and we fight through everything. We fight for every single run. No one expected us to win the WTC Test Championship. No one in their right mind thought we'd win that, ever. That was only two years ago, maybe three. And it's, yeah, you know, fight like, for I feel like that's what, just fight. they got to find some fight, find some dog in them and, and get it done. Yeah, no, that conversation last week started around the bat and when we go, gave them the opportunity to win the $50 TAB um, bet and uh, it, it just never, you know, it was like, does Kane Williamson come back another side and, and lift the team? So mm. where's the conversation? Like, how has he bounced back from losing the captaincy? You know what I mean? Because it looks like mm. it. He's, again, the, the, the bloke, while you've given... 
I guess the the rest and and just taking the captaincy off him so he can just concentrate on batting, well, it hasn't worked, has it? There is something else going on. So we need Kane Williamson at the top of his game. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe it isn't the nets, maybe it isn't what's happening on the training field. I just keep thinking, you know what? I just keep thinking. I just keep thinking. Baz has just gone and taken them out and said, "Go and enjoy it, boys." And they've done that. They need to go. They need to not only go out there and fight, but they need to be comfortable that they know that you know if they do go out there and fight and they and they open up, then you know they can just get on and get the job done without having to worry about you know contracts or anything like that. Cricket will take care of itself for the English side at the moment. They are having fun and are winning as always. The, the, the underlying factor to why you're having fun because it's always fun to win. Um, yeah, it's, look, I think I think with, with Kane Williamson, he's got that team on his back and he feels it. He understands the pressure that's involved. Like, if Kane goes out, he knows that it's going to be a tough old outing because you're relying on, on other players and they're probably relying on Kane too. And I get, I get a sense when Kane goes out, their heads will drop. They'll be like, oh, no, this could potentially be a very, very long mm. day. Because our magic man, the guy that always seems to fix it for the Black Caps, has been struggling. So Kane Williamson, yep, he has struggled in that first test. they got another couple of days to find something before they head to the Basin Reserve and uh, take on the English side who are in flying form right now. Coming up, we've got some headlines with Joe. And we've also got our choices, flooring, pole to boot as well. Ooh, juicy one there, Joey B. Love it. That was Kempi's off the back fence talking cricket. If you've got anything in regards to Kempi's off the back fence, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine or oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. There's one for you there, Kempi. The Dolphins got smoked mm. by the Tysons last yeah. this year, Chris. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, Chris. I, mean, I know how hard it's going to come into the competition, um, Newcastle. You know, we uh, we battled actually with the Titans that first year. So, and uh, they got it. I, look, I just think it's really hard for the Dolphins. They got 17 on the sheet, Chris. They go all right. But as we know, we pick up plenty of injuries through the NRL because it's such a hard comp. Uh, they're going to finish doing it really tough. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna find it real tough. We've got Sammy Spratt coming up as well. She's doing some great things in terms of riding. So she'll be uh, heading over to... Uh, Saudi Arabia and doing some horse riding over there. So we'll get a chat and a little update from her. But before then, we got Aro Hart with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Yes, welcome back. We're coming up to 8 o'clock, and it's now time to talk some racing. The great game that is racing, Kempi. Yeah, that's right. And after picking up another win at Pukekohe Park on Crescetti and Race 1, Sam Spratt, she'll now turn her attentions toward an incredible opportunity this weekend. Sam will be competing in the International Jockeys Challenge as part of the Saudi Cup Festival. How good. There is plenty of moolah online too. And the accomplished jockey will have her chance to ride alongside some of sports' very best. She joins us now this morning ahead of her long journey to Saudi Arabia. Morena, Sam, how are you going? I'm very good. Yourself? Nice break morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Nice ride on Saturday too in the first. That would have filled everyone up. Um, just tell us a yeah. little bit about how this opportunity came about. Um, so they've sort of they've done it a few for a few years now, um, and I think it's just basically because Saudi. I guess they're just trying to get a little bit more, 
Europeanized and female, you know, obviously it's not sort of a country that's renowned for, um, you know, females doing a huge amount. <laughs> um, and so, and I guess, because I think they're wanting to hold the Soccer World Cup and that over there. So I guess they're trying to show that they, um, you know, a bit more, as I said, around that area. And um, so, yeah, they just basically ask, they get seven females and seven male jockeys from just around the world and, um, yeah, just compete in this jockey series, which is held on Friday night. You have four races, two on the dirt and two on the grass um, or the turf. And, yeah, and I presume it just must be done like a point system. I guess it's pot like what horse you draw. Um, so you could draw some yaks or you could draw some farlets. So, um, yeah, hopefully I get the farlets. Well, if anyone can get it done, you've run, you've ridden some absolute winners over the over the years, Sammy. It's great to hear your voice, my friend. Um, will you have long on the ground to get accustomed with the track and the horses you'll be riding on race day? No, I think I think it might be we like so the fields are sort of out. Well, I mean, as I said, I don't know how exactly they do it, but there is a field out that I've seen. Not that I know what the horses are or who the trainers are, but you can see the field. But obviously, there's no jockeys, and I think that happens yeah. maybe on Wednesday. Um, you find out um, what horse you're riding because they do the draw as well for the Saudi Cup that's actually held on the Saturday, which I do believe is the world's richest race. Um, mm. And wow. yeah, and so that all happens on the Wednesday. So I guess we're fine. So I guess you have it, but I mean, not have interpreters. And as I said, there's this guy, an Australian guy who looks after the track there that's apparently quite good um, to talk to. So, um, yeah, you guess you find all of that out probably on the Wednesday, um, which, yeah, I think I arrive in Wednesday morning. So, yeah, so now it's all going to be go-go. And then on the Thursday, there's like a cocktail night. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, rubbing shoulders with all the sheiks and the sheiks. And the... <laughs> oh, so, um, no, it's going to be pretty careful. interesting. I know, and they're not yeah. even females not talking. And I was like, God, they're going to talk with me. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to shut Sammy spread up. No, no, I'll be like these bloody goo Kiwi girls. <laughs> They're out of the park. Oh, Sam! But, Obviously, Saudi Arabia. You, you, you understand Saudi Arabia's got you know, plenty, plenty of cash. So, what, what's on offer over there? What are we talking numbers wise? Like, this is a great opportunity for you and really to really go start the year well. Yeah. You know, it can be very lucrative on that behalf. I think the races that we are riding in, I think, are all sort of half a mil and a mil dollar races. So, I mean, obviously, if you win them or get, uh, you know, that's you know, it can be very good. Um, mm. Pretty sure I don't know exactly how much it was, but yeah, you get like sort of the retainer for going over as well. Um, they pay for everything. They pay for everything over there. So, um, no, it's pretty good. I mean, it's sort of a seventeen-hour flight over, but you get to fly business class and that. So. Um, Turn left. Class on Emirates, the big ones, yeah, walk up bar and everything. So I can't drink <laughs> over there, so I'm just going to have to fill my boots up before I go. <laughs> group one with group ones with a sheik. Don't worry about that. You won't be turning oh, right exactly. when you get on that no, aeroplane. No. Hey Sam, it's tell us a little right. bit about tell us a little bit about your journey to get here. And um, you know, you had that horrific fall in 2003. You fought your way back from that, and you've you've ridden nearly a thousand. I think it's nearly a thousand winners now. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you find yourself riding in one of the most, well, it is the, the richest race in the world. Just tell us a little bit about that and what it means to you. Yeah, oh, it's huge. You know, it's sort of quite, um, you know, it's quite surreal in a way because, as said, yeah, obviously had a bad fall when I was sort of 18 and I'd always dreamed to be a jockey, had that fall, and it kind of sort of um, set me back a little bit. I um, actually stopped riding for about four or five years, had my son, and never really contemplated the idea of um, coming back riding. And, uh, 
yeah, sort of happened to. Um, Richard Yule, who I was apprenticed to, he sort of said to me, oh, you might as well give it a go. So I did, and um, yeah, sort of never looked back. It's um, no, it's been great. It's sort of taken me, taken me to you know places around the world and been successful. And um, yeah, no, it's been been huge, um, huge career. So um, I can't complain. That's for sure. Well, there's some absolute champions that are riding in this challenge. You've got Frankie Dettori, you've got Joel Moreira, you've got Joanna yeah. Mason from the UK. So will you be picking their brains to, to you know, while you're oh, over there, a bit yeah, of IP? I'll have to tell them, tell them a few things, really. I, you know, I'll have to tell old Joey how to, how to ride the track a little bit, and he might be a bit rusty on it. <laughs> no, it's pretty cool. It, um, you know, it's... it's yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, it's um, going to be a great experience. I mean, not only sort of just being over there because it's a sort of very different country, like you've got to be sort of wrapped up pretty much sort of neck down. Um, you know, we've been told to sort of wear full clothing and everything. And um, so mm. it's sort of, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be a different experience. And But, yeah, trying to find dresses that are long and everywhere for a two-foot-tall person, it's been quite a, you know, it's been quite hard. <laughs> Long dresses on a normal person are like a wedding dress on me, so I was like, "What is going to be hot?" Put it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be hot. You'll be you'll be, hot, so you'll be you'll be fine, Sammy. Don't worry about that. I'm I'll pretty be right sure in you'll no problem. You'll make yeah, you'll make anything look good. Hey, look, have you also? What about Lisa? Have you, you know, you're not the first one to be going to be going over there. Lisa, um, I understand, has also been over there. Have you have you had a had a chance to have a chat to her? Yeah, yeah, no, I have a, had to speak to her um, a little bit, and um, yeah, she said it's yeah really cool. It's exactly yeah, I was saying you know that it's just quite different. Uh, she said like in your downtime, there's not sort of almost a huge amount you can do really. Like I mean, females we can't even use the pool or um, can't really do much. And so because um, mm. you, you could have actually stayed longer if you wanted to, but um, she said oh you sort of want to almost get in and out really because um, apart from the races, there's not a you know huge amount you can do so um yeah no it's um gonna be gonna be yeah definitely different but um no i've I've sort of watched a few um races on the their dirt track and things like that and they're massive big you know swooping bends and big tracks and um yeah beautiful place and it's sort of like yeah she said it was weird it's sort of like a race course pretty much in the middle of the desert you're sort of sitting there and the sun's going down and you've got literally miles of desert one side and then a racetrack on your other side so um yeah, definitely um, going to be very unique. One one thing that I'm, um, you know, very privileged and grateful to experience, and probably will never forget. Mm, it's going to be a hell of an experience for you, Sam Spratt. Honestly, nearly a thousand winners. How good is that? That is such a good achievement. Yeah. Hey, just quickly, we we love giving away a tip on the show, and many of our jockeys have come on the show and, and tipped up a few winners. Have you got anything? Summing up that you could potentially tip Not out for us? Really, well, obviously, I won't be riding for a week or nearly two weeks now. So, um, yeah, no, I don't. I can't. I couldn't actually even tell you where I'm going to be riding next. So, <laughs> oh, actually, no, I'm at Hawks Bay next Wednesday, which I don't know whether that's going to um, be there. But, um, yeah, so, um, no, sorry, I'm going to be as useless as tips on a ball for you there. But, um, <laughs> can't help you there. <laughs> All good, Sammy. We'll have to give you a little message when you when you know what's coming up for you and maybe well, lead us. Well, and Sally, I reckon they'll be winning chances. <laughs> I hope. There you go. Saudi Arabia, get on, Sam Spratt. Bet. She's going to be... You can't bet, but you can cheer me along. <laughs> oh, surely the TAB will find something, but that's okay. Oh, All there's good. Gotta there. There's got to be some underground going on there. It's bound to be. I'll find it. <laughs> 
Cut it out, Sammy. <laughs> There's a reason why they're having mocktails over there because if you give Sammy Spratt a cocktail, she'll start spraying everyone. What is this world? Get me out of here. Get me home. I'm sick of it. <laughs> hey, Sammy, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And uh, all the best over in Saudi Arabia. Okay. Cheers. See you later. See ya. Sammy Spratt. She's a hard case. <laughs> She is. Remember when we caught up with her at Rickerton? She yeah. was so lippy. She was oh, spraying yeah. me left, right, and centre. And I was like, <laughs> there's a reason you are going to Saudi Arabia and there is mocktails on offer because you will spray the sheik, probably the king of Saudi Arabia, and you would have no clue whatsoever. Anyway, she's in love with Saudi Arabia for the Jockey Challenge. It's so good. We're going to shoot off. We've got a couple of messages. And then we've got Kyle Mills after eight. Yes, welcome back. Coming up to 8 o'clock, we're going to continue our cricket conversation. Here's a text message from Kevin Kempe. Kempe, it's not bad luck with when eight of your batsmen don't get to 10. Trent Bolt can't even win you a game. With that sort of batting, McCullum's very, very astute. He plays it like chess. He knows three moves ahead, and that is winning logic. Also, Crawley, Root, Stokes, and Pope haven't fired yet. Good luck with that, Kevin from Titarangi. He's a couple of steps ahead. And you look at that first innings, Kempe, he knew. As soon as he lost the toss and they were put into bat, get some runs on the board and let's put this Black Caps team in in difficult night conditions and put the pressure back on them. He has a plan. He is three steps ahead and he was always planning for this English side. And, well, went a long way to getting the result in that test match. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Kyle Mills, a former New Zealand cricket test bowler, and ODI bowler, and uh, he'll have a great mind of what's going on in the Black Caps. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, just after 8 o'clock on a Monday morning. It's a beautiful day down here in Otetahi Christchurch. Sun is shining. I hope the sun is shining wherever you are in the country. And we're getting some normality back to a pretty difficult time, especially all my whānau back there in the beautiful Hawke's Bay. I'm always thinking of you and just hoping that everything is going out, uh, going right. And, uh, yeah, my family, they're holding it down and doing everything extremely well. And they've got a lot of support around them, as I alluded to earlier on in the show. We've been talking a lot of cricket this morning because we can't forget Day, the test match in the first test at the Bay Oval was over after four days and one session. And there's a couple of messages coming through, Kempi. Morena lads and Aroha, to be honest, Kempi Guppy has never been a good test cricketer. Gary Stead has done some great things for New Zealand cricket, but he did have a great have great cattle behind him. It's time for a backroom clean-out. That is from Tim, regards to maybe changing up the messaging from above for our black caps. And here's a quick one. We talked about maybe changing of the guard, changing of the guard for the All Blacks and New Zealand cricket in terms of contracting. We can't let players head overseas and be available to be picked for the ABs as we'll leave to young guys heading offshore chasing the money. We need to develop depth developed here in New Zealand. Comps overseas don't align with our season and some clubs wouldn't release players that would clash with their comp. Those players leaving after the World Cup are not who we want to retain. They are servicing the retirement fund and good on them. Invest in the future of locals. That is from Paul and Harwood. And this is in regards to not only rugby and in cricket as well, Kempi. The, the investment back in the grassroots, like it's, uh, the, the text there um, from Paul and Harwood, 
is you can't take the you can't take like the play because there's a small percentage of players right at the top that would go overseas and make all that big money. You look at the IPL and mm. when they sign sign those players, it's not as if they're signing everyone from New Zealand to go and play IPL. Now mm. there's a distrib- distribution of money that should be always put back in a community sport. I totally agree that growing competitions and stuff like that. And that is the job of the National Sporting Office because we need to find the cream um, that rises to the top. But once they get to the top, see, this is the problem. We don't have the competitions here to sustain them staying here when they could be overseas and they make their money in, on the Indias and the, and the county crickets in England. So, I, I, look, I agree with that, that community-based answer there. That's right, in the pathways, that's fine. But you should never be stopping people because there's such a small percentage of them at the top from going and earning what they can in their short career. Yes, and that's right. And we'll see what our next guest has to say in regards to the contracting system at the moment. In terms of rugby and cricket, yesterday saw the end of a disappointing performance for the Black Caps against England. In the first test at the Mount, we weren't quite a match for England's basketball and a 267-run loss. Has us questioning what's next and what needs to change heading into the second test at the Basin Reserve. Joining us now to recap the match and give his thoughts is former Black Cap Kyle Mills. Morning, Millsy. How you doing? Yeah, morning, Izzy. Morning, Kempi. How are you, lads? Morning, mate. Oh, good, mate. Good. We're just we're talking. Uh, obviously, uh, plenty of action around the the test match that concluded yesterday in that first session. Look, it was a pretty average performance across the board, and we just never really lucked like putting up a challenge. Other than Tom Blundell in that first innings, what do you think? Yeah, it was a tough watch, wasn't it? It was. Um... The uh, that, that first day, it was almost watching it, uh, having been asked to bowl, um, it was almost a surprise the way the English batted, whereas I don't think it should have been a surprise. I think everyone in the globe knows the style <laughs> of cricket that they are playing at the moment. And it almost like our bowlers got like um, possums and headlights, though they, were, they didn't have a, a plan to, to counter what was upon them. And that's... I found that quite surprising because normally uh, in the New Zealand cricket team, um, we don't have the depth of the other countries, and so we need to be smart. I think Flynn kind of drove that. We need to skin the cat differently. We need to be smart, and we need to be we need to be able to adapt. And it kind of felt like we tried to fight fire with fire, and that just wasn't going to work against this English top order. Now, ask me by how we can you know come up with a plan. And I think. You need to work on the English batsmen. They have this expectation of, of smacking the ball, going at six runs per over, and that's their style of cricket now. So that's almost an ego that they have to uh, play that style of cricket. And I think that can be our advantage. We can play on that ego uh, when we play against this top, um, top line-up. We can perhaps bowl to one side of the field and put all the fielders on the offside and bowl outside off stumps who we're asking them to hit you know, uh, through our fielders on the offside. Or we bowl a certain length. What I saw on that first day was that we were bowling bouncers, we are bowling half volleys, we are bowling the body, we are bowling wide, and that was just sort of feeding their ego of looking for boundaries. So I think we can counteract them, but we just need to be a lot smarter in doing that. Yeah, I, I think you've, you've, nailed, uh, you've, you've nailed it on the head right there. We had a message come through from Brad. We lost that game at Team Selection. Wagner, Tickner and Kugelein are the same bowler. They bowl a heavy ball into the wicket, and and do you think of a guy like Duffy and the way that we attacked it, like someone like Duffy who can actually shape the ball 
and move the ball. I thought Tim Southey was moving the ball extremely well. He was bowling in good patterns, good areas, and that's where he was testing um, the English side. But then you had those other three coming on and just really sporadically putting the ball in all parts of their area. So you think like a guy like Jacob Duffy come in and make that change? 100%. Um, mm. I think Southey, you know, he was great to watch to me, actually, seeing the ball swing like that. He was trying to bowl length, and I think Duffy can bring that um, to the party as well. So those two bowlers... Um, but they're not express pace, okay? They don't bowl super fast. So what they have got is a skill set, and you can set a field for them. And I think that's yep. what we need to do against this lineup. We just need to set a field and bowl to a plan. Whereas the other guys, like Wags has got a great record. He's, he's got lots of wickets, but he, he tends to fight fire with fire. And the English know what Wags brings to the party, and they know the boundaries are going to um, it's gonna be one or two and over. And that, that kind of feeds into the ego of, of the English batters. And, and Tickner and Kugline are very good bowlers, but they are very similar, and they run in hard, and they, and they bang the ball hard into the wicket. The English guys just going to use the pace of the ball on what, on what was a, a pretty good surface. So I, I think it's a... When we used to play against Australia, when they were, they were, they were super good in the 2000s, they, they were so ego-driven. Um, you kind of needed to, to play on that ego and try and deny them. If you, mm. They've got the expectation of trying to dominate us. And so England are in the same boat as well. So let's try and take that away from them and let's see how they can um, score runs. We've got certain field set. We've got maybe, if a batter's going for it, he's doing well, just get him off strike. Give him, give, give him the single dagger. You know, put a, put, mm. put a man back at fine leg or on the hook, ball onto the hip, give him the single, get him off strike and then put pressure on the guy at the other end and try and have that sort of, I know it's boring cricket, but that maiden mentality. So trying to stick the but it's a, up, plan. Up and it's a plan. It's a plan. Yeah, and just that first day, and um, I, I hate to be critical because I, I love the, I love the team, I love the guys so much, but I just felt like we were almost surprised at what 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 was happening when we should have been expecting it right from ball one. Do, do you think Baz just said like, like a good boxer set him up for the counter punch and and the knockout by you know, when you're talking ego by just getting them to do what he thought they were, were going to do. He drew them in to that to that type of um, game, whereas opposed, like you're saying, with removing the egos, is like make them earn everything that they that, that they got. Just shift shift your your fielders around, you know, make sure you pick the right bowlers and don't let them, that, that massive ego that the English team have at the moment, just continue to, to, to steamroll teams. Yeah, I think you, you've nailed it, Kempe. You've absolutely nailed it. It's just... Um... Look, and, and I'm not coming from a place where test cricket's easy. It's certainly not. And, and you guys, you guys have experienced in your chosen sport at the elite level. It, it, it's really tough and it's really hard. And, and it's called a test match for a reason, right? It, it tests you. Yeah. And I think um, Baz would have been right on his side, English side's guys' ears, about how this a guy like Wags is going to react when you when you come at him. No doubt about it. If they if you go hard at Wags, he's going to come back even harder and all over the show. That, but that's not been critical of Wags. That's just his nature, and he's just been very successful doing that as well. But, yeah, certainly I think Baz would have been feeding them Kempe. We're four days out from, from redemption. So what do the Black Caps need to do? We know what England are going to do. They'll be playing a lot of golf, and they'll be getting away from the game. They'll be relaxing. <laughs> so for the Black Caps, people are saying, get them in the nets, get them sorted, you know, what do you think needs to happen in the in the Black Caps environment to get you know to gain some ascendancy back and get some confidence back in the team? Yeah, look, I tell you what, it'll be a lot of fun being on tour with England, wouldn't it? Our boys. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How good would that be? But um, 
Yeah, I think um, I can only talk about from, from from my experiences. And one of my first captains yep. was Stephen Fleming, and and you guys know Fleming, very analytical, uh, smart. And think of uh, when we used to play against Australia, we used to set really funky fields. So, if, for example, a guy like Damien Martin for Australia was a super player, very strong at cutting the ball and through through the covers and through the offside. Well, we actually played to that. We actually set fielders in those areas and bowled to his strength. Bowling to his strength brought about his demise because we bowled to his strength. He knew he was going to take the cut shot on and we had fielders there um, to, to take the catch. So I think we need to be smarter and back our spark with smartness. We've got a history mm. in New Zealand cricket of being able to adapt because we've never had the talent that the rest of the world has uh, or the depth. So we need to play the game just... just a touch differently from everyone else. And I think we just need to get back to the drawing board uh, of what Flynn used to, you know, produce when he was a skipper of this of this team. And I think over the next four days, I really hope the guys are doing a few uh, few sessions of coming up with some decent plans because they've had a good look at this English top order now of their strengths and weaknesses. We should be well um, aware of what they can produce. So let's come up with a plan to counteract those strengths and weaknesses. Melzi, just listen to your talk. So is there a problem with leadership in the team? Uh, look, I don't think uh, leadership as such. I think there's definitely been a change with, you know, the transition from Kane and uh, into, into to Tim Salvi. Uh, I can imagine it will be a very calm environment, uh, no matter what is going on in, during the game, whether under pressure or under pressure, I think they'll try and keep a level of, of calmness. And that's all well and good. I think that is good in certain situations. But here, I think we need to bring some cricket smartness back to the back to the, um, back to to the the group. Because we've had a couple of thoroughbreds at the top of the order, right? Salvi and Bolt over the years. We've had Kane Williamson banging out the runs. We're just not quite in that position at the minute. Um, so I think from above, even above that within the coaching group, um, I think there really needs to be some specific plans to really help the guys out there, especially when it comes to the ball. Um, in regards to the, to the batting group, look, it doesn't help when Kane misses out. Um, he's a, a classy batter. He is world class, and he's just in a bit of a rut at the minute. But hopefully he can bounce back into an, a normal test match without the pink ball down at the basin and... Uh, we need our top order, you know, scoring runs with, without question. And you know, you can be critical of the bowlers on that first day, but we also need that top order producing runs. What about the in terms of we've been talking a lot about the current system with New Zealand rugby? You know, players going offshore, they they miss out on opportunity representing our teams. Do you think there might be some conversations had regarding the the stance that New Zealand cricket? Are having in terms of contracting and and maybe or would you just love to see it say traditional you stay in New Zealand you have an opportunity to play for New Zealand yeah it's just hard mate to stay here um, and you guys mm. probably already know the answer to this but look the, every uh, domestic T20 competition around the world you think of the English one they, they've got the 100 um, Big Bash in uh, Australia you've got the IPL in India you've got Pakistan Super League even Bangladesh have a big Premier League uh, South Africa have just had one. I wouldn't even know who played in that or the results of it. There's been one in the Emirates where Bolte was playing. Now, here in New Zealand, we actually don't really have one. <laughs> We're the only country yep. in the world that don't have a, domestic, a, a T20 competition that encourages overseas players to come and play in it. Um, and what can you do? We, we live in a really bad time zone where a, an Indian brought the whole 
whole sport is governed by the broadcaster, really. We've got a, we're in a bad time zone where it doesn't suit well for that um, subcontinent market to have the Super Smash broadcast in, into that region. So the Super Smash can't get any gate or revenue to pay the players to, 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 to stay here. So you can't fault a guy like Bolt and Jimmy Neesham and all these guys um, going over um, and playing in these competitions because it's, it's seriously it's seriously good money for you know three mm. to four weeks work and what that does even though they're not playing for New Zealand it means that those players um, are not playing for the domestic comp either so the the mm. domestic players are not you know getting that competition where like if Nishan wasn't playing in the, in the test series he would be playing domestic cricket right now but he's over overseas and bolt so it really hurts us across the board um, and you can't fault guys wanting to go overseas and, and earn some money. Hey, M- Millsy, yeah. just quickly then, do you think that that's playing in the back of everyone's mind? Like, it, you know, you, when you have one player thinking about that, you know, like when, you, when you're up for contracts and bits and pieces, your, your mind's off the, off the bat, off the ball. Do you think across the board, what you've just explained is possibly the, the I don't know, the little... Um, Thing that's chewing on them all the time and not not allowing them to actually express themselves. I, I think playing for the New Zealand cricket team is just now part of the pathway of being um, a really awesome cricketer who earns good money around the world. Whereas mm. before this time, playing for the New Zealand cricket team was a final destination. If that kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian just strikes playing domestic cricket, and that was the journey. That was the pathway to the New Zealand cricket team, and that was the pinnacle, and that was the ultimate. Um, and that's where you, you earned your livelihood. Now, look, it still is the, the pinnacle. Like, you playing Test cricket is is the best. It's the hardest form of cricket to play, and every player who does play for New Zealand, is, I'm sure, is very proud. And you know, it is. It's a special moment. You guys have been there and done that. But now, playing for the New Zealand cricket team. If you perform, you can get into some of these big competitions around the world. So it's not the final destination on the journey anymore. And it hurts me to say that, but that's just the reality of it. It's just the reality of where we are at the minute. And that's the big difference as a kid growing up. Well, for me, and um, I'm sure for you boys as well, your final destination was around the Silver Fern, right? And that's all you thought about. Mm. Whereas now, it's just a platform to some of these bigger competitions around the world. And it hurts and, and it sucks and it's not, you know, you, you, want, you want to see Trent Bolt playing for New Zealand. Um, of course, and would he have done some damage the other night? 100% he would have done some damage the other night. But look, there's these other opportunities out there for him and he, and he can't fault him. Beautiful, Millsy. We're going to let you go, mate. We know you've been dipping into another little area of your expertise. The good oil, mate. Do you have a wee win over the weekend? Um, well, I think it's finally dawned on me. I am a shocking hunter. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely shocking. I have great intentions and I have a game plan at the start of the day. And by race two, it's out the door. And I'm chasing and I'm hustling and I'm looking for it. But I don't the game plan. <laughs> there you go. Take some of your own advice there, Millsy. You'll be back. Next week. <laughs> Hey, just just don't just don't tell any more stories, mate. If someone messes through, Izzy Dag was talking a big game the night full of black cash, but couldn't back it up. I was talking rubbish, wasn't I, Millsy? Oh, Dagger, you'll be you'll be back next year, mate. Come on, it's a mental game. You know that you'll be back. 
I know you. I know you've been listening, mate. I get out to a cut. You just bowl it all out, swing outside off, and Daggy cuts it straight to Todd Astor, who's still playing. Her. Man, I'm sick of that. Don't bring back still current players to play for you. That's all that got you over the line, you bloody buggers. Hey, no, I'm not a selector, mate. I'm just a player. You know, I'm just, a, I'm just a pawn on the chess board. On the, on the chess board. <laughs> hey, Millsy, thanks so much for your time, mate. Awesome interview and awesome little update and, and your own general advice of what's going on with the Black Caps. We really appreciate it, bud. No worries, Ed. Go well. Cheers, boys. There is Kyle Mills. Pretty awesome conversation in regards to some fixing. Plan, plan, and plan. Plan for the batsman and stick to it. Bowling areas. If you've just missed that, Izzy and Kippy for breakfast on the ECNZ app and listen to Kyle Mills gave us a pretty good summary of what the Black Caps need to do going forward to Test 2 in only a couple of days' time. You're listening to Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrant. Twenty-seven to nine here on SCNZ. You listen to Izzy and Ken before breakfast. Lots of fist bumping uh, happening here, boys in the in the producers' booth. Robbie is incredibly excited. I've never seen anyone more excited to watch cricket at four a.m. in the morning. He is pumped. The White Ferns are uh, have got Sri Lanka forty-five for six right now. They've got them on the ropes, yes. which is great for our run rate, which is very important if we're going to make it in. To the semi-finals, we got 159 runs behind the bat of Amelia Kerr and Susie Bates earlier today. So, hopefully, hopefully, boys, South Africa won't get the result on Wednesday. Another wicket, Joe. Oh, another wicket. Oh, boys, I'm feeling pretty good about this. I'm feeling very good. Um, yeah, hopefully, if South Africa, if South Africa struggle against Bangladesh uh, on Wednesday, then we're in. So everything's looking pretty good there. And Lydia Ko has come back in the final day of the Aramco Open to claim her second title in Saudi Arabia, along with the $750,000 payday, the biggest winner's check outside of the five women's majors. She'll now turn her attention to, to Thailand for her opening LPGA event of the year. Those of you can... Oh, oh, wait, what are we... Sorry, boys. I'm so uh, I'm so lost. What, what point? What's the time? It's eight thirty, right? Yes. That's your gal uh, headlines <laughs> for Cal feeding your mission all year round. Visit <laughs> cal.co.nz. All right, boys. And now for your choices flooring poll results. The question today was one uh, based around. I went to the Breakers game yesterday. The atmosphere was incredible. So the question is, is there anything that compares to the roar of a home crowd for the breakers at finals time? What sporting events here in New Zealand consistently provide the loudest and most intense atmosphere? You had your vote on the SCNZ app. Breakers finals games won by a landslide with 44%. Supercars at Pukekohe Park made a late comeback for 22 Actually, Wellington crowd, Phoenix crowd, which you voted for, is he got the least amount of votes. So obviously not a lot of Wellingtonians <laughs> listening to our show, but there you go. <laughs> I've obviously stopped that. I stopped them too. Oh, <laughs> man, st- I'm good at stopping them. <laughs> That's your Choices Flooring poll results, boys. Choices Flooring room view makes Choices Flooring easy. Visit choicesflooring.com.au to find out more. Beautiful, Joey. Cheers for that. Awesome flooring poll as well. Yeah. Oh, Wellington Phoenix, mate. You can't beat it. Can't beat the crowd, but I can understand it because it's fresh in their minds and they've been starved and there is no better sight than seeing Spark Arena there in Auckland sold out and it's going to be a big old 
this final series taking on the Sydney Kings. And maybe the crowd will come into it, Kempe, because Justin Nielsen talked about it. The crowd mm. in Sydney was half full. Come back here, they'll get the job done. And they'll support them right behind them. couple of messages, Kempe, uh, in regard to the cricket. We've been talking plenty about it and the league as well. But why do we always say we don't have talent? Conway and Latham, Kane, Mitchell, Bracewell, Timmy, Blundell. As good as a keeper anywhere. These players are just as good as, as England can offer. It's just belief and game plan from Kevin. It's just belief and game plan, and Kyle Mills alluded to that earlier as well. Yeah, you know, when he was talking, I'm sitting here going, yeah, you know, you're, you're Very right. Good, eh? You're right, Millsy. You know, you're, you're talking so much sense. And then when, when he said, like, I'm really sorry to say that, I'm really sorry to have to say that, that it's not the end of the pathway for, for us now as we make the black caps but it's so that we can make this money now that's reality you know and I when he was saying I was thinking well if you've got a bunch of players in there and they're thinking well I'm actually wanting to head up and play cricket elsewhere and make lots of money but then I don't want to lose my black cap shirt mate that'll be playing on your mind all the time and if you've got the whole team thinking that that's why you can't loosen them up hmm yeah, no, and uh, he was very good actually, and he and he he answered a lot of questions that many have had just about in terms of the whole bowling makeup. Now you got Ish Sodi potentially coming in. You got Jacob Duffy who offers a total different uh, ball shape. You know he can swing it. He's slower. That's why you know with those players they're around 140, and you need out and out pace. Don't get me wrong, but you need to be able to move the ball, move the ball for scrambled seam. You need to be able to swing that new ball. And then when you get when the ball gets a little bit older, you need to be a lot cleverer, a little bit more clever with your bowling plan. And I love to see some changes. And you got Matt Henry coming back in as well. Matt Henry's a senior bowler in that in that team, whether you like it or not. He's obviously had his baby. He missed the first test. He's going to be coming back into the fold. So there's going to be changes Jacob for that Duffy, Black Caps team. Jacob, Jacob Duffy, Will Young, well Henry Nichols. That's the debate, you know, whether you, you chuck in Will Young at four. Whether because he, Henry Henry Nichols has missed out in the last couple now, he make that change there. Brad's on on the money. He wants to see a, a bit of, little bit of a change. He said uh, talked about the bowlers earlier. Offers more swing with the crucial at night with the pink ball. Wagner isn't an opening bowler, which has been proved time and time again. I don't know what Nichol has on the selectors. Will Young more and adequate to replace him. Ultimately, the game should never have been a Bay Oval after the weather event. Surely. It wouldn't have been hard to move it like Hagley Park. That is from Brad. So he's hoping maybe a change. Will Young coming in and taking it from Henry Nichols in regards to the cricket. Plenty of cricket chat today. Well, coming up, we're going to talk Sale GP after a pretty crazy odd weekend over in Sydney. If you've missed it, a lot of the footage, it's on our Izzy and Kempe for breakfast Twitter page. Plenty of chaos going on over in Sydney. A lot of damage to the boats. And you've got to remember... Littleton Cell GP is coming up. So we're going to have Blair Chook on the show to talk about that damage and get a wee update of where they are at at the moment. So we'll come back and chat to Blair Chook. 0800 on the Kennards High phone line, double eight double three on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Plenty of messages coming through. In regards to the weekend sport, well, pretty 
devastating what was going on at the Sale GP in Sydney over the weekend. We only had one day's action. So France were uh, announced as the winner after winning three races on day one, and so they were crowned Sydney champions. But plenty of damage taking place over there in Sydney, Kempe. Wow, we. That video of Canada's brand new boat going up on the crane. I can't believe why they had it up on the crane in the first place, but just got thrown around, and luckily no one was injured. Yeah, that's the main, that's the main thing, that no one was injured. Um, mm. Yeah, thank, thank God. The, I guess the weather, like you do have massive changes in weather over there um, in that mm. New South Wales border, and... I'll never forget uh, when I first went over there as a 19-year-old and I was down at the beach and it was a beautiful day and all of a sudden overcame some black clouds really quickly and then lightning and thunder and rain was was instant. Um, and it's a sort of similar um, pattern that happened on the weekend and, and destroyed the little village there. Interesting to see, uh, I think Russell Coots came out and said that he thinks it's still going to be okay to come down here in Christchurch and carry on, but... Uh, not definite on that decision yet, but the main point here is that, um, yeah, although it was a massive weather event over there and, and destroyed that village and lots of boats and, and equipment with it that no one got hurt, so we thank God for that. And thank God one of the sailors that fell off his boat and was getting dragged along at over 100 kilometres as well wasn't hurt and wasn't injured in that. And it really puts in perspective the dangers that these sailors put themselves on, in on a daily. And uh, our Kiwi team could only muster up a sixth position out of the fleet, which uh, was a tough old outing there. But they'll be coming home. And well, after the lightning struck their um, sailboat a while back, um, well, it really evens out the ledger. Maybe all the teams will be starting from scratch one there, Kempe. Starting from scratch one, taking a place in Littleton. It's, it's, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a great um, a great race to watch if we go down there. You've got the French mm. one point behind New Zealand in second place. Australian, yeah. I think, are out by, by 11 points. And then you've got the English and sitting in fourth. So those four seeds there, anyone can finish up winning it. And, and that's what you want when they come down here. You want that, that race to be in that position where everyone wants a shot at it. Well, Louis Herman Watt was live over in Sydney. He's back on the show tomorrow, so we'll get a wee update from Louis what took place over the weekend, heading into Littleton in the Sale GP, back here on our own shores. We were trying to get Blair Chook. He's just uh, uncontactable un- right now, and we'll keep trying, but if not, that's okay because Louis Herman Watt will be back tomorrow to give us a big old update. Just a couple of messages coming through, Kempe. They want to talk it. They want to speak it. They want to talk Warriors, and I know we're going to talk plenty about it tomorrow, but morning boys, I think a good bet in the Warriors games this season is a draw at halftime, so I think they're only good for 40 minutes <laughs> from Mark. Yeah, yeah, look, they they turn their game around. If you look at the stats, you know, they uh, they completed 60%. You know, you're not going to win an NRL game in and around 60% completions. You have to be up there around 80 um, to have any chance of winning. So I think they changed it around. I definitely think they're fit enough, Izzy. I think they can last mm. longer than 40 oh, yeah. minutes. And they're not a team that, that's playing back in 1998, for instance. So, um, yeah, there's there's a few things that they need to, to fix up. Uh, Melbourne just got them. You know, they, they too uh, didn't have a high completion rate, but they did have more sets. Uh, that 55 missed tackles from them was terrible. Uh, that's one thing that he needs to sort out because... What we're looking for, and I thought there's two things, the kicking game and the defensive efforts mm. uh, were pretty average. Oh, you're on the money there. So, Zane, your message, I'll leave it up for tomorrow, mate, in regards to the kicking game. 
that the troubles with the Warriors at the moment. But we've got Louis Herman on the line, and he was over in Sydney over the weekend. Pretty crazy scenes coming out of Sydney, Louis. Yeah, first of all, I have to apologise, boys. You promised Blair Chuk and you get Louis Herman Watt. That's, um, <laughs> that's a big call. <laughs> it's all good, mate. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I can I can fill us in because I was here. And um, to be honest, I was I thought it was something we should definitely cover off this morning because it, it's crazy, boys. Like, this event mm. was been halfway through because it's like the cyclone followed the Kiwis over and, after a crazy day sailing on Saturday, if you haven't seen it, you can get on social media or go to my social media and I've retweeted some videos. But essentially what's happened is, as they're craning these F-50, these flying machines, out of the, the water, the Canadian boat in particular, there was this kind of crazy windstorm just hit the harbour in Sydney and mm. the boat got thrashed around. But it's terrifying because this, this, the media centre and the whole centre, like the tech site, was just getting absolutely kind of wrecking balled by the Canadian wing. And it's really hard to explain, but it was quite like, well, it was terrifying for everyone. It's a miracle everybody's okay from Sail GP and on all the teams, but it created massive headaches because they pretty much obliterated one of the wings of the boats. The other wings that were in one of the, the tents got damaged, so they had to call the event off. So just completely surreal as this. Hey, so Louis, what what are they talking about? Like, there's a lot of damage to clean up, and and obviously they they called the the races off, but still got a result. French moving up a point behind the Kiwis in second place. Is a is a Littleton one still looking like going ahead on time? Yeah, it's a good question, Kempi, because the, the the fact that they sailed three races on Saturday, which by the way, I went out on the island and watched it. It was incredible. Like. They were going so fast, like nearly 100 kilometres an hour. I can totally get it. I understand why the sport's so addictive, especially in person. Um, but because they sailed three races, that was actually enough to constitute an event, which wasn't good for the Kiwis because, um, well, they finished, I think, off the top of my head, third, fourth, and ninth, which put them in sixth place overall for the event. The French won all three races. They were absolutely flying. So they go up, as you say, right behind us. And the British, I think, are only one point behind the French, um, which means that in Littleton, which by all accounts, it's going to happen on time. What we don't know, Kimpy, is how much, how many of the teams are going to compete because how many of the materials have been damaged. But essentially, mm. it's France, Britain and New Zealand are all now all vying for two spots to make the final. Australia's all got out on top, but... It was a bit of a disappointing weekend on the water for the New Zealanders and then off it, just, just honestly like nothing I've ever seen, just completely bizarre. Beautiful. Louis, we're going to continue on this conversation tomorrow when you're back on air with us, mate. We really appreciate you taking a quick call and giving us a brief update. She's pretty crazy times in Sal GP. Hopefully we have a fully competitive Sal GP taking place in Littleton, mate. Thanks so much. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, can't wait to be back, boys. See you tomorrow. There he is, Louis Herman Watt will go away and we'll come back with Ian Smith. Yes, welcome back. We're going to cross over to the Hawks Bay and catch up with Smithy. How you doing, Smithy? Yeah, uh, pretty good myself, uh, personally, uh, Izzy. It's a lovely day here, which is very important uh, for drying and for, you know, just for what has to be done around Hawks Bay at the moment. So uh, they need a long, long spell of uh, fine, dry weather. Yeah, they do. But the best thing about Hawks Bay... 
people. They get around, they rally around, mate. There's been some awesome stories of people just getting stuck in and getting the clean-up all, all sorted. Have you witnessed that over the weekend? Seen a bit of it? Well, there's no other way. I haven't been over there mm. um, to uh, the badly affected areas because really what, what you're just becoming, if you're just going as a sightseer, you're a problem. Um, yeah. You're a rubber necker. Yep. So um, when there becomes um, jobs available or people requesting jobs, yeah, sure, I'll be uh, absolutely over there. But I, I do ha- mm. um, have the opportunity to speak to people who have come back from those areas. Um, and who have family working in those areas or around the, the situation, and it's pretty bad, mate. It's, it's horrific, in fact. So uh, I don't think we've still got any concept of um, the whole uh, the whole position. I don't think anyone quite knows. Um, it, you know, and it's coming up to a week since it happened. So we're going to talk to you after 9.30 this morning to uh, Mr Ian McDonald, who's part of the Hawke's Bay Civil Defence Emergency Management Group. So uh, I'm not expecting too many in-depth answers, but just a general picture on how it's progressing, I think, uh, is important. So we'll do that. Beautiful, Smithy. A big show. Just quickly, is Bridge Park Golf Club okay? Um, apparently so, yeah. I spoke to a couple of guys who played there yesterday, and it's uh, up and running, and hosting uh, members from other clubs around that are badly affected, which is good. Beautiful, mate. Oh, good to hear your voice. You have a big show, no doubt. Thanks to everyone that's tuned in and flicked a few messages through. We'll be back tomorrow.